Welcome to The Bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Bridge. We are a show that connects East and West. Hello, everyone. My name is Jason, and I am California, but I am beautiful Wuhan. And uh, I'm Alex Xu, everybody. I am in the very cold, but also very beautiful Beijing in China. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. Yeah, Beijing is beautiful. I'm excited. There's a there's a chance I'll be moving back there next year sometime. And actually, like I'm thinking of all the places in Beijing that I missed because I was blocking them out of my mind when I moved to Wuhan. I was like, oh, okay, okay, Wuhan's cool. You know, let's find all the cool places. Oh yeah, Wuhan is so cool. I'm gonna I like this about Wuhan. I like that. Oh, I, I don't even think about Beijing anymore. But as soon as it was like I might move back to Beijing, it was like, oh yeah, I miss this place and I miss that place. Now you're gonna say as soon as I got to know Alex and she started talking about Beijing this much that makes me miss baiting a lot more <laughs> i'll take the credit uh-huh sure okay uh so today we're going to be talking about household appliances the differences between you know china maybe all of east asia really and the u.s canada maybe western europe to some extent although they're maybe a bit different too can i tell you a story alex yes you may this was 2010 july i think it may have been june but it was 2010 right there in the middle of the year and i left north america for the first time i arrived in a place called Gwangju, South Korea. You know, a city in East Asia that's kind of small. Uh, so anyways, I, they gave me an apartment, this job that I got to move there. They were like, oh yeah, we're going to furnish you with an apartment. So I got in the apartment. I looked around. I was like, what? Not that it was like the space or anything, but I didn't understand, like, where am I supposed to dry my clothes? <laughs> There's a, There was a washing machine, but no dryer. So I was like, how does this work? And why is there a giant metal thing in the bathroom? <laughs> so, you know, really, honestly, I'm not just exaggerating here. I really literally called my boss and I was like, I need a dryer. What's going on? How am I supposed to dry my clothes? You want me to be at work, right? I need to dry clothes, right? And they were like, it's in the bathroom. And I was like, no, there's just a washing machine in here. And they're like, no, it's it's in the corner. And I was like, no, the washing machine's in the corner next to this big metal thing. That's your dryer. And so I was like, uh, oh, how does that work? <laughs> like, I'm used to pressing buttons and stuff. Anyways, so... Yeah. In America, I remember when I was young, my both of my grandmothers, both of them had clotheslines outside. So well, I remember my grandmother on my mother's side had a three rows of them yeah. in her backyard and she would dry things out there. Eventually, they you know updated and they got drying machines. But uh, I don't know if updates the right word. We'll get to that later. But my grand, <laughs> my other grandma, she kind of lived out in the country a little bit. And she had this one really long line. And she would hang clothes there. It was beautiful, really. I mean, at the time, I was just like, okay, it's clothes. But, you know, later, it's kind of romantic or something. I had no idea. I've never seen a drying rack. So this whole, like, this is a drying rack. And then I was like, okay, I'll just throw stuff on top. <laughs> I didn't even know. I mean, the <laughs> The physics of things drying is actually, you know, not so simple to someone who's never dried without a, a drying machine. Mm -hmm. And so there are some differences. I've personally grown to love that fact that I'm not wasting isn't much energy when I came to understand how much energy a dryer wastes. Yeah. But there are some 
perks to having a dryer if you don't care about the environment at all. <laughs> and <laughs> Because like in the middle of the winter, you can put something in there and it comes out warm and fluffy yep. and you could put it on your body and you're like, ah, oh, so warm all of a sudden. There, I mean, people in East Asia, in China, we do have dryers out here, but very few people. It's very Some rare. people. Yeah, yeah. It's r- very rare. You can get one if you want one. You can go buy one or you can order one online and have one in your house. But, you know, 95 more percent, I'm guessing, don't have probably one. even more than that number. I can I imagine there's probably based on the large number of people in China, I think it's probably even over 99 percent of people don't even know about, you know, a drying machine. And it's funny you talk about how you were kind of, you know, perplexed when you couldn't find a drying machine. I was confused, not confused, but I just kind of, you know, it put a big question mark in my head when I first moved to the States and people are like, oh, you're going to go to the laundromat and here's a washing machine and here's a dryer. And I was like, so I remember when I went to the laundromat for the first time, because my first apartment, of course, didn't have a built-in uh, washer and dryer. And I went to the laundromat for the first time. And I first look at how much money I would have to put into those two machines. I remember <laughs> just putting those coins in. I was like, oh my God, this is going to end. I think each load would cost me about 8 to $10 wow. um, to wash. Yeah. And then on top of that, like the money, you know what? I was a little spoiled little Chinese kid and I have that eight pounds. I have that 50 quiet that I can do laundry. I don't have to do anything. My hands don't even have to get wet. That's fine. I'll do it. But what I was like not happy with was that I looked at the time to wash it. It takes an hour and a half. Mm. And then to dry it, it takes an hour and a half. And if you want extra dry, whatever, it could take two hours. I'm like, I don't have that much time to do laundry. (laughs) Like that's in the beginning. I was like, this takes way too much time. Because before that in college or when I was living with my parents, we all wash clothes with our hands. Mm. Everything is hand washed. Mm. And then we put it on the drying rack, like metal shelf that really confused Mm. you. In my mind, that was a very small time unit. Does it feel like if you, you know, you soak it there for however long you need and the actual washing parts of the job only takes about 10, 20 Mm, minutes mm. for quite a few items and you just hang them and you don't have to care about them until the next day. But when I look at the drying machine, I was like, and I have to stand here. I have to wait here for a long time. Of course, I figured out a routine later on how to, how to do it. But in the beginning, it was kind of confusing and it was like, a what moment for me like it takes that much time wife's grandmother lives far out in the country sometimes anyway actually she's at the beginning of the age where she's moving increasingly in with uh, her parents because she needs to be looked after but i was out there in the countryside and she doesn't have you know the kind of appliances that we have in the city and so she would also boil her clothes i thought this was interesting so she she has this really large like i don't know how you would describe it was like it's like a walk 3.0 it's like three times the size of a walk <laughs> and she would like boil her clothes for like five minutes and then like mm. wash them and I, I was like oh okay this is interesting and then hang them and stuff but you know that's i think that's 
uncommon. That's I, very, I think, you know, a small, smaller percentage. Of yeah, people. I think some senior uh, citizens, older people, they would do that for for baby clothing items. They tend to that's a mm. you know sanitization mm. for them mm. without any chemicals. Mm. Yeah, but you know everyone has a washing machine. As far as I can, well, not everyone. You know the vast majority of people over here in China they have a washing machine. Most people do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you know you just take it out and hang it up, and it's depending on where you live. It's ready in about I don't know. In here in Wuhan in the summer, it could take two days because. It's I keep so hearing hum- about yeah, it's it. It's so humid that like you hang it up and it's like, okay, we have to wait extra long. So, you're, you know, unless you have a massive wardrobe and I do actually, I do have a massive wardrobe, but it's one of those massive wardrobes <laughs> where I only use 20% of it all the time. So I'm constantly have to, <laughs> you sound like yeah. me. So like, I mean, I, I use the other things all sometimes probably anyways. Yeah. Once every five months. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you, I had in the summer in Wuhan, I had to keep up with it because you have to hang it constantly because you, okay, Thursday, I'm going to need this. So I need to, it's Tuesday. I need to make sure that it's hanging up drying because I need it to be dry by Thursday. And so, you know, you have to put a little thought into it. So it forces you to plan. You know, we live in a time where increasingly even people who are generally apathetic are starting to really care that the world, uh, you know, is not the same as it was because of global warming and stuff. And people are actually really conscious. You know, when I was a kid, it was like, oh, yeah, turn the lights off. OK. But now it's like, oh, yeah, turn the lights off because, you know, yeah, the world is going to end if we don't. So <laughs> doomsday's coming. <laughs> so, you know, like ha- not having a dryer is really something maybe people in America should consider. You know, I, I mentioned the word upgrade i was talking about how my grandmother's upgraded to having dryers but maybe the reality is people need to upgrade back to not having dryers and just hang their clothes you know like using a clothesline may seem inefficient to people and they're like well i don't want a clothesline you don't need one these drying racks they like fold out and then you can hang like you know i don't know 20 30 things depending on how efficient you are on this thing and then like your clothes are dry. You just put it in like a room of the house that you don't use all the time or a space in the house or near a window. And then boom, you know, yeah. it's gonna, things are going to be dry in a day, probably, unless you live, I don't know, in Miami or something. Maybe it might take a couple days. I know. And they usually those, you know, they have the more advanced version of those. The one that I have at my house, well, in my apartment, you need to use a little handle to roll the bars down. It still looks very cool, but I know they have the sort of the automatic ones where you just push a button and it goes. Vzzz. Really? I haven't seen that. That's oh cool. And it goes down to your level and you can just hang the clothes on. You know, you don't have to reach up or use a little stick to to push the clothes up to the to the right. Because it goes up to the ceiling when you're not hanging clothes. So you don't really see wow. it if you're not doing laundry. Yeah. Very fancy. Very, very fancy. I like to like my clothes, you know, space out so that it could air out. My boyfriend likes to play Tetris with the clothes. and He likes to go <laughs> up, down, up, down, next to it, below it. And he likes to do a large load and just, you know, I got, we always kind of. Not argue, but I was like, you need to, you need to let the clothes breathe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you know, I think we should move by room. So how about we move into the, the kitchen and talk about some of the appliances there? Food. Food. And <laughs> okay. So one thing I'd like to point out is uh, blenders. You know, like there, you know, there was a point where my wife went through a blender phase 
here in China. But I wasn't <laughs> sure like how indicative that was of like other people's use of blenders because I haven't seen a lot of them in China. But in America, you you know, you'll have a one really big blender. Sometimes you'll also have a juicer and sometimes you'll have the backup blender too. And everyone has these, you know, for making <laughs> salsa, making drinks and do make pesto. I don't know everything you could imagine. And yeah. here in China, it's like you walk into someone's kitchen and you may not see a blender a lot of the time, maybe at least half of the time. People are like, what's a blender? I have this knife knife thing that you would just chop up. <laughs> yeah, stuff. I was about to say. <laughs> you got two cleavers. <laughs> yeah, That's cha, 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 cha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you see that. You see that in kitchens and stuff. Like, you know, where they're just cha, 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 cha. You know, I guess you see that in nice restaurants in America, too, or like elsewhere. Uh-huh. But uh, do you have a blender in uh, your home in Beijing? Not any. Not anymore. I had a blender. It's in the storage unit right now because the blender was... Well, for me, it was inherited from my uh, other roommate, and the one that he bought was, I think, I think he brought his blender all the way from South Africa. Wow. I don't know. I don't know the story, but the the when you the, margaritas, how do you say that? The wattage, the <laughs> wattage doesn't work with the Chinese Aww. outlet, so we have to use a giant box, and it's really heavy. And it's funny when you say that your wife went through sort of a, a blender phase. I had a period of time where I was like really obsessed with all the recipes i want to try but all of them requires a blender Mm. that i don't have and so i had that longing for a long time and then eventually i just kind of gave up i had i always had a little blender when i was in the states how cultural it is because we talked about taobao before you we could just go on taobao right now and a blender would be in our house in like an hour but still people just don't get blenders here it's not a thing my wife has when she went through the blender phase she actually didn't have a full blender she said i'm getting a blender and in my head i was like Thinking of all the possibilities. Oh, wow. The big one. And then she actually got the little blender that's like for an individual drink. So it's kind of like a gent blender juicer combo. Oh, the smoothie, yeah, the yeah, smoothie yeah, blender. Exactly. Oh, I love those. Like, hey, we're just like in America now. You were telling me you wanted one of these. And I was like, that's not. <laughs> not this. This is like, like a tiny baby. It's like a blender had a baby and it's not fully grown yet. <laughs> Give that blender some respect, It Jason. needs to eat more glass and plastic <laughs> and before it grows up to be a full-size blender. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know where that blender is. I think it's in storage or like sent to her, her mom's house or something. Yeah, so it has to, it's uh, it's ending up the same like my blender. I feel like, like you said, it because it's a, it's sort of a cultural difference and i'm gonna i'm gonna try to not analyze but i'm gonna try to Mm. talk about how i think Mm -hmm. why it's there's the difference because in cooking and i've talked about this topic with my friends from not just america and the rest of the world you know how um puree or or or, you know that kind of status of food is very commonly seen in in the you know in the cooking process Mm. in western culture but not so much in at least Chinese mm. culture or even, you know, the East Asian culture, mm. we'd like to kind of see what we're eating. Mm. Mm. You th- if you think about it, we kind of like to see the shape of it or if we're, if this is, you know, a vegetable soup, we'd like to see what vegetable <laughs> or what meats <laughs> is in it. So we, we kind of, I feel like the idea of blending everything mm. together, making sure that it just becomes 
it just becomes a color in the end. It's kind of like <laughs> a little bit unsettling. I'm like, what am I eating? Uh-huh. What is in this bowl of thing that I am eating? Mm. I want to know. So that might be a reason why it's not as popular. I was thinking about, I actually kind of answered my question. I'm going to ask ask it anywhere, put it forward anyways. You know, like a jiaoza, every yeah. Chinese New Year. And, and throughout the year too, my wife or my wife's mom or other people, I've tried a couple of times. It is so much work. They make jiaoza and it's, it's a very long, and arduous process of very <laughs> finely chopping up vegetables like to a really <laughs> really really fine degree you know a blender maybe it, w- it would not you, w- you right now you're right you can see the little tiny 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 constituents of what's inside the jowza <laughs> but you know with a blender you could just lob all that stuff in there push a button and then there you go (laughs) it would take so much work out of chinese new year and you know what people will say to that comment chinese people will say but jason if you use a blender then the food has no soul Mm, mm, (laughs) people mm. will literally say that but it does take a lot of time my uh goodbye party when i was going to leave uh, new york and move back to china i invited i got too ambitious and invited about 20 people to my apartment and i was like everybody come to my apartment for a goodbye party i'm about to Mm. leave and i'm gonna make dumplings from scratch for all of you and i was like i i do need some help and one of my friends a very kind uh very kind person i hope if she ever listens to this andy thank you for coming to my house and for chopping all the vegetables that we needed for the dumplings for three hours nonstop. Wow. I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know how strong their arm is now, though? They're like Popeye. Or super weak now. Like it used up their strength for their arms. But I do think blenders are a, a very convenient choice. I wouldn't, I wouldn't deny that. I sometimes think about, you know, probably we should just do that and save a lot, save a lot there's of time. Another thing, you know, this kind of going off point because even most Americans don't use this, but there's something called a food processor. I, when I used it in a kitchen, I was a line cook very briefly. It was a, uh, it was called Ooh. a Cuisinart, but I think that was actually the brand, kind of like how people call like uh, tissues Kleenexes because Kleenex in America is such a famous yeah. brand. But you know, in that you st- still have the fine stuff left over, but it's also another thing that you'd need on your counter that's going to take up space or need to be put away, and you'd only use it for like ten seconds uh, once a week or two. <laughs> so it's impractical, maybe. <laughs> talk about ovens ovens is one of those things that you know mm. i got mm. exposure to when i was in the states and i still want it so <laughs> well, bad after coming back then? here well it's uh not again same as uh what we're talking about the dryer it's not a very common household appliance in the kitchen because mm. you know the idea of baking and stuff i imagine it has the same impression that dryer has on me to a lot of Chinese people that, you know, it takes a long time mm. to cook a meal. You have to leave it there for mm. an hour or something. Mm. But I know that it gained its popularity among a lot of Chinese house- households for baking pastries, for making bread, for making little cookies. And sometimes I get surprised by my parents' friends who are like, oh, I'm baking a, she- a sheet of cookies. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. 
you even had an uh, a little oven in your house but the ovens that people use are more um it's usually the small ovens i'm sure you've seen those they're they're not the stove top yeah, yeah, ovens yeah. the small ones it's like ones. a large toaster oven yeah yeah so because i think we don't have really the the need to to ever roast a turkey to roast a big bird <laughs> in the big oven so it's kind of a waste of space um mm. but i i personally just love that and then there was a time in my period of time in my life where i was refusing to use microwave if i needed to heat something up i use the oven mm. uh, it takes 20 minutes it'll take 20 minutes but i'm not going to use the microwave i don't know what got into me but i was like nope no mm. microwave oven just oven. you know i work in a school and you you mentioned turkey i thought that's really interesting um, this school asked me for Thanksgiving, should we prepare anything special for the kids? And I was like, oh yeah, absolutely. Have the, uh, kitchen cooked turkey. My boss looked at me and said, oh, we cooked turkey last year. And the ch- children, no, she didn't say the, she said, children don't like turkey. We tried it. And I was like, in my head, I was, I didn't want to disagree. So I was just like, oh, okay, fine. Then, you know, you know, make sandwiches or something. But like in my mind, I was thinking, what did they do to that turkey? <laughs> I know turkey's delicious and children love turkey so i'm guessing that the cook just didn't know like a good way to prepare the turkey but my you know you're talking about big ovens yeah you can get them again in china it's but it's one of those things that a big oven that is like a very maybe less than one percent of people in china have a big oven like you said they have the countertop large toaster ovens with usually like two shelves or whatever you can put like a really yep. big sandwich in there or something or like some cookies or something. But um, they don't have the gigantic, yeah. you know, I guess people in America wouldn't. What gigantic? What are you talking about? I mean, normal American <laughs> oven. <laughs> it's harder to cook lasagna for me. So I, I haven't made lasagna. One of my favorite foods. I haven't made um, it at all true. since I moved to China. And it's OK. You know, you're just like, OK, I can have lasagna when I go to the Italian restaurant like once a year. Or whatever, and it's fine, and just move on. And there's other wonderful food, but like uh, people just don't have it. You could get it again. It's one of those things that if you really wanted one, I don't. You have to order one, or ha- you'd need to have someone install it, right? Yeah, for sure. They have to change your kitchen for that. Yeah, they'd have to. You'd have to have workers come in and like carve out a space, and it would be an ordeal or whatever. Because you know, it's a cultural thing. People just don't have those large ovens. Now there are bakeries, and they do have large ovens all across China. And you go into grocery stores, and they have baked goods that they. They bake there in the grocery store, but it's not a common yeah. household item in China. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Mm-hmm. Maybe never. I don't know. You never know. We seem to be getting along fine without it. Yeah, because we have had this uh our you know Chinese people's own cooking method that that just works for so long. And it seems like I feel like the the chopping, the stew time that we have sort of makes up for the other marinating time or mm-hmm. or the other kind of prep prep work you have to do when you cook western cuisine because for me cooking is i like cooking for people for especially if it's a large crowd which sounds very self-abusing but um (laughs) it's a very therapeutic process for me Mm. because you really you just prep these food and in a couple hours you see them on the table and then in 10 minutes they're gone it's very fulfilling so Mm -hmm. whatever Mm -hmm. method that works for each culture it's probably just going to be i don't think anything's going to you know disrupts the cooking culture um of of the of one country but i do think as more young people try to you know make food on their own and they think about you know food safety or whatever reason 
I was about to say there might be more exchange of Chinese and American kitchen appliances, but then I was like, there's not that much, not that many kinds of kitchen appliances in Chinese uh, mm, kitchens. Mm, mm. Maybe the rice cooker, the really fancy rice cookers. Ice maker. This is one I kind of feel like, oh, where's my ice maker? Oh. Because like in America, my my, my mom's refrigerator freezer unit has a freezer that is yeah. as big as the refrigerator. Not something you find in China. It's also twice as large as my <laughs> refrigerator here in China. And you just take your cup and you push it into a space in the freezer and ice just comes out. <laughs> yes, it's like it dispenses ice and I'm so spoiled and I came here and I was like, I need ice trays. Okay, I guess I go to the grocery store and it's like, okay, they don't have ice trays. Okay, so then you go to the special grocery store for Western people. Okay, there's ice trays. And then like, <laughs> now I have to make ice on a schedule to make sure that I have ice. And then people look at me weird like, why are you having ice? Don't you care about your chi? Your chi's going to be all messed up. Yes. <laughs> My my mom would always stop me from from putting or even having cold drinks. She's like, it's, it's the same thing. You're going to have too much. Uh, what did she say? Not chi, well, chi, but a different type of chi. She says, you're going to have too much humid chi in your body. Mm. Wow. <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, uh, I don't really know. Maybe that's very, a very real thing. I was talking about this with our other friend, Bebe, and she was very convincing. So I'm just saying, you know, it's one of those things that's different <laughs> uh, between, you know, but here's the thing. In China, people are starting to drink ice drinks, not at home as much. But when they go out, the increasingly like yep. ice drinks have made their way into Chinese culture and people are rest- Restaurants, they get like ice this and ice that and ice mochas and ice tea and ice yeah. ice alcohol drinks. And like, you know, it, it has made its way into like the restaurant scene and in like mm-hmm. the bar scene. But for some reason, it hasn't filtered over into the homes really yet. Not the parents are the parents cannot be convinced. <laughs> the parents are, I'm sure they have their reasons, but mm. it'll take a lot of time and work. <laughs> Water heaters. So, okay, here's something, you know, they have this in China and that some rare homes in America have this too. Under the floor water heating. This is very big in South Korea, I noticed. Like, ah, yes. Yeah. And some people in China have this too. And so like you walk around on the floor and the heat comes from below. Heat rises. So that's great. I'm above it, right? Yeah. So that's nice. And your feet feel warm, I guess, if you're barefoot. But in China, you're not barefoot. You have slippers on, right? Am I right? Sometimes. <laughs> I, I, I hate slippers. My oh, parents force oh. me to wear them all the time. Me too. Yeah. I mean, my wife, my wife. If I walk around the house barefoot, <laughs> my wife is like, your feet are getting dirty. I'm like, I you just said, you didn't we just clean the floor? It doesn't matter. There's tiny, tiny amount of dirt there. There's dust. There's dust. You're getting dust on your feet. Okay. I'll put the slippers on or whatever. And she's right. When I go to put so- socks on, I notice, oh, I have to kind of rub my foot a little to make sure it's clean before I slip on. So if, <laughs> it's true, I guess. But, you know, in America. Ah, you were right again. Oh, my gosh. In America, it is totally different. My mom my mom has carpeted floor. And you just walk in with your shoes on. Boom. I, I could see my, my wife's face. Whoa. 
what is he doing? Why? <laughs> no. That will probably drive a Chinese person crazy. Yeah. I mean, if your shoes are like dirty, like really dirty, like muddy or something, sure, you take them off or whatever. But if it's just, you're just walking around yeah. and you walk in with sneakers, it's like, yeah, hey, what's up? <laughs> I could just imagine the Chinese people just all say, oh my gosh. What is he doing? Shoes. <laughs> Why? Anyways, so we're off topic. We were supposed to be talking about water heaters. Yeah. Um, in, in where you live, Beijing, everywhere basically north of the Yangtze, uh, people have indoor heating for the winter. Yes. And you have these water pipes inside of the house. And actually, I find it's way too hot. I'm like, why does it have to be so hot in the winter? <laughs> this winter? <laughs> Do you leave your windows open during winter time? Actually, yes. Well, did you? Yes. I would yeah. at least crack them to let some of the heat out. And I'm like, can't they just lower the... T-? You know, it's supposed to be winter. It could be a couple degrees cool- cooler. But for some reason, everything has to be super hot indoors <laughs> during the like winter in Beijing. I know. My heater right now hasn't got to that temperature yet. I don't know if it will because it's already cold enough. Like I wouldn't mm. mind that. But it is true. That's why it is a funny, you know, uh, phenomenon here in, in China. A lot of people from southern China feels they feel like winter up north is super cold. So when it comes, people from the north are naturally more resistant to it. Like we're not mm afraid of the cold the cold doesn't bother us that much like that's what they think but if you actually the more you start working with people who are from southern china who are living in beijing you realize no the cold doesn't bother people from southern china Mm. because their winter is colder than our winter even though the temperature is a lot higher because they do not have the central heating system so their winter for us, we're like, okay, it's windy, it's snowing outside, it's freezing cold, but there's always a destination. There's like a ray of light in your heart because you know when you go, <laughs> as long as you go inside of any building, any room, you're going to be toasted. You're mm-hmm. going to be like, oh my God, I need to open the window. But people in the South, they don't have that. I think, I know that they're starting to do that, uh, even, you know, south to the south to the river, because I don't know what caused the fact that they uh, s- southern China didn't have central heating historically. But I think the government is starting to implement that as well. Just so, you know, if you give them just a little boost in in the winter, it'll be a lot easier. May- for a lot maybe in some places here in Wuhan, it doesn't seem necessary. I'm currently it's like what December. Right. And uh mm. I could walk to the Yangtze River on the south side and it would take me 20 minutes or something. But like my I, I'm not cold at all. Not Lucky. even not even slightly. It is beautiful. My wife's mother has moved in with us a few days ago and we were like, mm-hmm. OK, we need to show her Wuhan. So we brought her out last night and we brought her to the riverfront, like in a special place in a Hongkou district where it's really, really beautiful. And we had to sit there for an hour before they turned on the lights and they have all the lights come on all the buildings and like they all dance together. So there's like a, a light show like uh-huh. across the entire city face, like somehow the government has installed like a, a show. So you can actually see people walking along the buildings and like going from one, you know, miles down the river walking up and like birds flying around across the faces of all these it's amazing anyways the yangtze river's there and all these ships are going by and boats and things and it's it's gorgeous it's a really big and just beautiful river anyways we were talking Mm -hmm. about heating i don't really think it's necessary here but you know your story is the exact flip opposite of a story i heard before from a gentleman i know from malaysia Hmm. he told me he was like oh no no you should move to malaysia you should move to singapore i was like oh no no it's it's too hot. And he said, oh, no, no. You- it's summer all year. Yeah, he was like, "It's the you northern people don't understand. We're not hot down there. Every building is full of air conditioner, and it's all set to like 16 degrees Celsius. Oh, my God. 
And it's cold, by the way, for those people using Fahrenheit. That's that's like, I don't know, 60 or something. Yeah. So he said, you just have to get from one building to the next. And there's like a, you know, he basically described it the exact way you just described heating in Beijing, only the flip opposite. So yeah, that's the, that's the thing. I have a, a little story as well, if I may. Mm. Mm. In college, one of my best friends is from Nanjing, the city of Nanjing. That's not too far from Shanghai. And, you know, mm-hmm. beautiful city as well. I went to visit her. Back then, I told my mom, I said, hey, mom, I'm going to go visit Qing uh, and, you know, meet meet her family and, you know, just have fun. She goes, you are going to stay with their family. I'm like, no, mom, that's awkward. I want to I want to stay in a hotel because I also know that the it, it was wintertime. I was like, it's going to be really, really cold. And I want to stay in a hotel where I can turn on the heater. I can turn on the air conditioning and put it to, I don't know, 32 uh, degrees Celsius and make myself super warm. And she's like, no, it's not safe. You know, you're a girl traveling alone and just go stay with her family. And back then I, I caved. I, I just, you know, gave in and I said, OK. And I went to stay with her family. And the thing is, people living in very different climates, they have their very own set of things or rules or habits or whatever that could cope with that weather. And their body is kind of mm-hmm. adjusted to it. But mine wasn't. So that was the first time in my life where I come from outside to like an indoor space. Mm-hmm. And I have to kind of put on more clothes because <laughs> you're not moving around as much in the house. Mm-hmm. And when we were sleeping, we have those, you know, elect, you know, those uh, heating uh, pants under the, the the bed sheets, you know, those. Yeah, my wife uh, has one. Very, right. And um, but still, it's still like I, I could cover my entire body and I, 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 sl- I slept with the clothes on, but my face was still cold. Mm. So I really I and then some days her mom would be like, I think today's a little cold. So it's a little colder. So I'm going to turn on the air conditioning and just let you have it for about half an hour. And that's it. And I was like, I was texting my mom and I said, Mom, see how embarrassing this is because I felt a little little bit embarrassed to ask like can you just leave your air conditioning on for me because it's you know it takes a lot of energy mm. but that was the first time in my life where i slept with like cotton you know vests those uh very traditional you know mm-hmm. jacket and you know those mm-hmm. wool pants and uh mm. three layers of covers wow You know, I wanted to get to air conditioning and we sort of kind of made it there. So one thing I've noticed about air conditioning in my workplaces, that the various workplaces, is it's a battle to not use it. What I mean is for foreigners, it's like, OK, I'm hot. Let's turn the air conditioner on. And then for like a lot of Chinese people, not everyone, but a lot of Chinese people are like, oh, my gosh, it's too cold. <laughs> We're all going to get sick. And so there's this thought, you know, like. If, if the air conditioner is on, then it needs to just be on a little bit or maybe <laughs> just sometimes or like, but like for foreigners, it's like, I want it to be, you know, 18 degrees Celsius right now. And everyone else is like, whoa, that is so cold. You can't do that. And I'm not sure like why that is. I really yeah. don't understand. Is it that like, is it a belief? Is it just the, you've grown up with a certain temperature. So you're like used to that temperature or are like, maybe a lot of Chinese people are just like maybe thinner than Western people. <laughs> I, I really, I'm just, I'm, I really don't know. I have like ten hypotheses, and I have no evidence for any of them. I just, there is a difference. A lot of Chinese people prefer the temperature closer to like 23, 24, 25. Yeah. And a lot of Western people prefer the temperature closer to like nineteen, eighteen, even seventeen. Some of them, yeah. Celsius. I have a, I have a theory. Uh, sort of. I don't know if that that could be, you know, identified as as a as a theory. 
But I think, um, remember when we're talking about uh, ice makers and ice drinks, how it only got more popular in recent years. Mm, mm. I think it's the same with air conditioning because it's, uh, it was sort of a, a new item in the household or in the workplace. It didn't start until the past, I, don't, I think, two decades ago. Uh, where it became popular that everybody had air conditioning when we were in college we didn't have air conditioning and summer was pretty hard it was pretty brutal mm. for us but we had all mm. this other you know those bamboo sheets and yeah, these yeah. little right these little fancies other things again i think in a way i feel like chinese people might have a very innate refusal to anything that's gonna cost a lot of you know that's gonna take <laughs> a lot of energy it's gonna cost a lot of money and then even though now we do have um you know air conditioning in every workplace I think the psychology is like, as long as it, it makes me not sweat profusely <laughs> like I, I do outside, mm. it's fine. I don't want it to be like, I don't want to have it to the extreme. Mm -hmm. But also, I think before air conditioning becomes something that everybody's super used to and taking for granted and I want it to be as cold as it mm. can be. I think this was um, early 2000, uh, around 2010 or something. It was when I was in college. The government sort of uh, rolled out a campaign and said, look, the air conditioning, because we have so many giant office buildings and different mm, industries mm. that, you know, use air conditioning very, very mm. heavily. It's really taking mm. a lot of energy. So the campaign was to make sure that the for office buildings, for these big buildings or shopping malls or whatever, unless you have special needs to keep uh, your your products or whatever yeah. cold other than that we advise we encourage people to keep their air conditioning uh, at uh, 27 degrees uh, because it used to be 26 degrees and they said we raise one uh degree celsius higher that'll save and there was a whole yeah, bunch yeah, of yeah. statistics you know how much how much energy it could save so every time sometimes i get a little hot at a place that's not you know if it's a very chinese place and it, it they don't you know put the uh the air conditioning on full blast i do get a little hot and then when i'm like uh i wish it was colder and then i was like huh, i am saving energy <laughs> i'll just stuck up I'll just, you know you're right I'll just suck can, it up. it's not just that the government like encourages people to save energy you know a lot of people in china are very reactive in a positive way to when the government set rolls something out and they're like hey guys this is going to improve life for everybody in some way over time because we've analyzed a lot of information and people react to that so that is something that's extremely positive i noticed that's also here in wuhan this summer i was like oh my goodness it is so incredibly hot so like i was like okay let's, i have a bigger house than normal because rent in wuhan was cheaper so we we're like okay let's get a big house we we know we have a three-bedroom yeah. two-bathroom place which is like pretty typical for america maybe but in china stop <laughs> making me jealous <laughs> that was one of the reasons we moved to wuhan because the rent so it got so hot i was mm. like oh my gosh this is crazy so for whatever reason the uh, landlord didn't put an air conditioner in the living room which is where i spend my time so i was like okay i'll turn one of the <laughs> air conditioners on the bedroom and leave the door open and then i was like okay a couple days later this isn't working so i turned on another air conditioner in another bedroom and then i was like okay that's not working and then i found myself using three and my wife was like what are you doing <laughs> there are three air conditioners running in this house do you have it and then she explained to me that after we pass a certain threshold of spending like money and energy 
then we would cross into a new algorithm. And then at that algorithm, the cost of electricity yes. like triples. And if we, yeah, it's significantly higher. So like if you're just using electricity normally, great. Here's the cost. But if you start using electricity really intensely, then you just pass through to a whole new program where like the government's like, it's time to take your money. So like they actually really <laughs> <laughs> encourage you to like, you know, not waste energy and which is good. So I was like, okay, I just need to change how I'm doing things in this particular apartment. I'm going to go hang out in the bedroom mm -hmm. and use my laptop in there mm -hmm. and close the door. <laughs> okay. Problem solved. I shall adapt. And and I think another reason why that it's not as popular is in traditional Chinese medicine, people believe that if you could, if you don't sweat, that's a very bad thing. Mm -hmm. This is a wording that uh, my parents or some, you know, uh, senior members of her family would use. They said that the air conditioning, when it's too cold, it seals the toxins in your body and they can't come out, which is huh. kind of... I. Yeah, I guess when you hear that, it does do something to you psychologically. You're like, when you're in a really cold environment, you're like, um, oh, I, I felt like all of my, yeah, all of my. That makes a lot of sense, Alex. It does it? It really does? It will be, I mean, think about it. In like Japan and in America and in Finland and all kinds of places, people go to the sauna. Saunas, yeah. And they, they try to sweat. And here in China, they have them. I guess I just, I just never been to one because I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to take my clothes off in front of a bunch of people. But anyways, <laughs> different problem. <laughs> <laughs> but they try to sweat as much as possible and it's supposed to help you like, you know, desalinate, take the sodium right? out of your body and like, right. Yeah. So people do this worldwide. Maybe your parents are just, you know, passing down useful information. The unwritten wisdom of Chinese culture. I, I do think that's <laughs> why a lot of people don't like the air conditioning to be set at a very low degree. It makes them feel mm. uncomfortable. The the cold air blowing at your head, that does give them some sort of headache. But I think we do, we, sh we should do a little PSA here, or at least I think so. We really need to clean our uh, air conditioning every mm. year. You really need to have someone come in and clean it because it does get really, mm. really dirty. You don't need to have someone clean it. What do you mean? You just open it. There's a filter. And then you can take it into your shower and just spray it out. I haven't done it because I have always thought that because this is a new apartment. I was like, I'm going to have someone come and clean it. I was staying in an apartment one time in Beijing and uh, Panja. You <laughs> Great pronunciation. Thank you. <laughs> I opened the front of the air conditioner and it was like, oh, my gosh, there's like, you know, a half inch or I guess you I don't know. This is a centimeter or so of like dust on this thing. So I pulled Oof. the air filter off. And it like, you uh -huh. know, you could visibly see some of it falling. I was like, uh, gross. Uh, <laughs> so I just, I, sh I went to the shower and washed it out. And it was like, okay, it's clean now. Let it dry. Once it was dry, put it back. Ah, you know, like I felt better about the quality of the air in the room, you know, but yeah. I, I have to admit, I didn't take care of myself too well. You know, and I, I was smoking cigarettes for a while because mm. a lot of people did at a certain time in uh my life here in beijing but I, I quit you know i don't smoke anymore good for you but at because i was smoking i never got an air filtration system even when you know got a little like aqi was a little high but now i had not been smoking for quite a long long time and we moved into this brand new house and one of my co-workers was like oh you live in a brand new house you shouldn't do that i was like why and she was like she gave me some chinese word i looked it up it's formaldehyde or something and i was like what yeah so i was like i look it up oh yeah i guess this is in like nail polish and like new paint yep. and all this yep. stuff so we got one now and uh we put the air filtration system in and now i don't know if the air doesn't seem any cleaner to me but i feel really good about myself 
Mm-hmm. It's a lot. It's a lot of like you know psychological comfort that you give yourself. Um, but I was I was thinking, shouldn't it be the opposite? You that you would want an air filter, like an air purifier, in your space when you are smoking, but you're doing it the opposite. No, I was Jason. thinking, I'm already I'm already ruining my lungs. <laughs> What's the point? What more damage? Yeah, like. <laughs> Who cares? The air is dirty. I'm putting dirty air deliberately into my mouth using this like vessel that I light on fire. <laughs> I know. And the, the air, the air purifiers only, I mean, I growing up, we never had one until very recently. Um, that was only when, you know, the, the, like you said, the AQI was, was higher. And, but I, sometimes I'm just like, I felt like it was more useful for before when Beijing still would have sandstorms. Mm. And that was just kind of a, you know, a seasonal thing. Every every spring you have a couple of days. Like it would be really useful mm. for that. Mm. I'm not sure because I can't really verify what these air purifiers could really do. It's just kind of like whatever the the, the commercial says. <laughs> I'll just be like, okay, I guess this is what I'm paying for. And, and the reason why I do not want to clean my own air conditioning mm. filter is because I have very overconfidently try to clean my air purifier mm. filter because there's a little mm. light on it and it says it's red and it says replace and i'm like well i could see it so if i just clean it it should be okay right and then i put it i did exactly what you suggested i brought it to the shower and i was like spraying it and whatever and then and it didn't work <laughs> anymore like when i put it back the system somehow just doesn't recognize as a filter and i was like oh god and I had to buy a replacement and it cost me like 200 cry or something else. You know, the air conditioning unit, I know what you're talking about. I, my, mine, we have this very special one. We bought a special like a uh, filter for it for formaldehyde. And that is like, you know how they purify salt water? Maybe you don't. <laughs> or some of our, li- no, no one does. I watched a YouTube video on it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, water purifiers have like several layers of different kinds of things that so when the water goes through on the other side, it doesn't have the impurities. And that is a very complicated process. For an air conditioning, it's a screen. For an air filter, mm. it's something entirely different. It's like chemists made a special substance that yeah. takes, so that's maybe not quite the same. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I I was I got way too confident. I didn't even bother reading the manual. I was just like, I'm just, mm. this is straightforward. I'll just rinse it. <laughs> You know, we have a bunch of more stuff to talk about, a bunch of more things, but like we didn't don't have that much more time. We only have like about 10 minutes. So I want to just kind of bounce through a couple of them. Sure. So in America, at least in some places, you know, not in close to cities anymore, a lot of people have fireplaces. Oh, yes. And that is not something I have seen anyways in a city in like a first or a second tier city in any of the big cities in China I've never seen anyone have a fireplace I actually have a kid I was like talking about fireplaces because I teach kids and he one of my kids was like I have a fireplace and I was just thinking Mm -hmm. no you don't wow (laughs) no I was thinking maybe he does I was thinking yeah (laughs) like you must be so rich then like if you have a fireplace in Wuhan (laughs) you need a house you need a big house that that could have that I don't know if i have some friends who live in villas here in beijing Mm. but even they don't have a fire 
ways. Mm. We've seen plenty of fake ones, but no one mm. really mm. try to start fire in their own house. <laughs> you know, okay, the opposite, though, is my, uh, again, I'm referring to my grandmother here in China, my wife's grandmother. She actually lives in one of those really old homes that was built like, you know, 50 or 60 years ago when the they were just home, 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 and they were following the same plan. And in those homes, they have like a uh, raised platform in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. And from the outside of the home, there's like a furnace. You put like, I guess, wood and coal or something in and like you start yeah. a fire underneath this bed, a very small kind of smoldering fire, very, very low. Oh, yes. And then you extinguish it after a couple hours or something. I'm not sure yep. exactly how it works because I, I didn't operate the thing. But um, I'll tell you later. <laughs> then the bed would be so like at first it was like hot to the touch. You have to put blankets on top of it just yep. so you can sit yep. on it. And then like all night, you, the, the bed is just warm. And so it's kind of similar a little bit because like you have like the smoke goes out t- to the outside because the furnace is on the outside of the home. Yeah. So there's no smoke inside the house, but the bed is just like, you know, this is great for winter. It's it's just amazing. Oh, I, I love it's that. It's really si- simple technology, but just amazing. I love that because my, my mom's family is, uh, some of them are still living in the countryside and I, I miss, oh, I miss going back there. I hope the whole COVID situation really, you know, clears out soon <laughs> so I could go back and visit them without, mm, you know, worrying mm, about mm. everybody's safety. Um, mm. the, it, it's a very common, um, it's a very common way of getting heat in winter. <laughs> Um, in northern China and especially in the countryside. And I guess fireplace is probably one of the things we were because we talked a lot about what people kind of just keep historically as part of their life because that's comforting or that makes them feel better. And I think in, in at least in America, I feel like when you do have a fireplace, the the picture of people sitting around the fireplace or just having real fire kind of flickering mm. in your in your living room, it is a little comforting. And I guess it brings people it makes people think about christmas or time with family and stuff i don't know this is my thing and then in in my in my grandma my mom's hometown the fireplace it's it used to be the same thing that you just mentioned you just described like it's a little hole under the the bed that's made of clay or or mud or whatever or bricks um now it's like so what my uncles and my aunts do is that you don't burn any you don't start any real life in the bedroom but right next to the bedroom is the big kitchen and then there are two stoves on either side of that kitchen because they have two bedrooms Mm. and so when they cook Mm -hmm. they just naturally just you know start burning whatever they use to 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 cook and that heat goes through that little wall and goes under the bed and then if they're not using the other stove that day they would just make sure they boil some water in there a little bit and they, like you said, they let they let the fire. Uh, they leave the fire on for not even like two hours sometimes. And uh, when you are when it's still burning, you let the furnace go. And once the fire is out, you just put there's something you drop, I guess, and then it, it seals the heat in the system in the pipe, and the the mm-hmm. bed just stays warm. And it is a little. I don't even know how to say it. The begin not the beginning, kind of the roots of the bed, and then there is the tail of the bed that we talk about and then you every time when we go back to um my mom's hometown we would always ask my aunts would always be like which part of the bed do you want to sleep on do you want to be at the roots or the head of the bed or the the tail of the bed because the tail of the bed is not too hot it's not as the farthest away from Mm. um the heating source 
because they're like, you're not tough enough. You can't, you're not going to be able to sleep at the head of the bed. It's too hot for you. Mm. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. It is actually really nice. The couple, I only stayed out there a few nights over a period of years, you know, a couple nights here, a couple nights there, but it's very, very easy to sleep. You know, like you get in that like heat coma where you're like so toasty, so warm that like oh, yes. you just pass out and you just never want to wake up. <laughs> it's very lovely. I know that feeling. I miss it too. I wanted to talk about TVs. You know, the TV material is all manufactured here. So you can get the most massive entertainment centers here. Like I remember being in California and one of my friends, this was not too long ago, a couple years, a few years ago. Mm -hmm. I was in his home. He was like, look at this TV. And he was like showing me. I was like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, I got this TV for my entertainment center. I was like, cool. (laughs) And he's like. Why aren't you more <laughs> You know, like I, could, I mean, he didn't cool. say that, but I could tell, like in his voice, like he's like, okay, <laughs> it's big, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, but you in China, like you could get such cheap, massive, super massive TVs. So like they like you know half the walls like a TV, <laughs> and like it it doesn't cost that much at all. It's like it's so affordable. You just like yeah, I just got one, <laughs> like because. Like, you know, so everyone has these super massive TVs. They're manufactured here. There's no import duties. There's no tariffs put on there by the U.S. government because they're like, oh, no, we want to make TVs. Like, it's just you just buy a TV. And, you know, maybe it's not like it doesn't have Sony on it necessarily because it does come from Japan. But you have some Chinese brand. It's just as good. It works just as well. And it's super cheap. And you go outside. Um, There's this place, Jianghan Walking Street here in Jianghan. And they have this this huge wraparound TV that wraps around this entire entire building and it's like they they actually had to make special commercials for it and tv their specialty programs for yeah. it because it wraps around so they can do these kind of like three-dimensional looking things where you can like look through the building and stuff and it's just like these kind this kind of technology is super super simple so it's everywhere here and that's one thing that in the home is super cheap and yeah i feel like the for the kind of the the historical progression of tv sets in china we kind of went through at least for people that live in bigger cities there's always a time point for everybody to just upgrade to the better version of tv i remember my family we had those the the box ones you know the big box ones in uh back in the Mm. 90s and early 2000s the tube is that what it's called in english i call it the box because it's like a, (laughs) a big box and i used to Oh, God, I was a master of hiding the fact that I was watching TV at home when my parents weren't home because uh, I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> Wait, I was a master. Why would you have to hide it? I mean, how would you? Hide? I mean, I'm confused. Jason, because you were supposed to be doing your homework. Oh, you were not supposed to be watching TV. Couldn't dad put his so, hand or mom put their hand on the TV and feel the warmth? Don't learn from me. But this is what I did. First off, I know what time they were going <laughs> to come home. Uh, usually. And whenever I was watching TV, I was fully enjoying the programs on TV, but I was also making sure that I could hear the Mm. footsteps and I could recognize my parents' footsteps, what they sounded like come upstairs. And when that happens before that, I make sure that I I Mm. ice the TV a little bit. (laughs) I would remember which channel it was on, what the <laughs> volume level it was, and I'd quickly turn it all back, and then I'd turn it off and go back now. <laughs> like, it seems a little moist. <laughs> so the only clue that they have is a bunch of ice is missing. <laughs> I know. Daddy was going to have ice, but there's no ice. What happened, Alex? <laughs> Maybe I should give them an ice maker for Christmas. 
You know, there's so much to talk about in this topic that I feel like the cursory list that we went through, like we did make a lot of progress, but we could just easily do a part two to this. And I think a lot of people would be interested to find out about these like lifestyle differences that, you know, matter in the lives of people every day. And how is it that some other people are living their lives versus somewhere else? I think we should do a follow up, Alex. I agree, Jason. All right. That is all the time we have for today. It has been amazing talking with you and uh, you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, Jason. You too. Always a pleasure talking to you. See you guys next time on The Bridge. All right. Bye-bye.